This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Dan Weederer, on-air contributor for 670 The Score. You're going to be relying on a lot of young players, guys that have to materialize into who they thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. When either they drafted them or guys that they believe in that were already here, that's guys like Justin Fields. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. Matt has pounded it home from the day he took the job with the hits principle and the acronym there and just saying repeatedly, we are going to be an effort-based football team. Dan Weederer. Get your track shoes on. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Dan Wiederer is on Twitter, at Dan Wiederer. He joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook, and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 to score. All right, the Bears are on the clock. What are you hearing? <laughs> you know what I am hearing, and, and I've had some conversations in the last week, is that there's uh, some chatter, honestly, that you know in Indy, there's going to be a lot of conversation happening about who might want to come up, what they want to give. And that there's sort of this general buzz that the Bears would be interested in stockpiling for 2024, right? And so as you're, as you're looking to, to figure out what the, the basket of picks is, may look like when you trade that number one pick, that don't, don't um, overlook the idea that stockpiling for the future will give them flexibility in a way that might be beneficial up the road for, for just trying to put this roster together in the way that they want to do it. I have a tweet here from Dan Wiederer. Timestamped at 8.54 p.m. yesterday. <clears throat> Both of these quarterbacks have nuts of steel. <laughs> Great show. So what prompted that? I mean, listen, that was a football fan's dream yesterday, right up to the James Bradbury penalty of watching two guys in total command, right? And Jalen Hurts' performance yesterday was special on so many different levels. And you just take out the one. Uh, Aaron silly dropped football that then hit his foot that then bounced to Nick Bolton that then wound up being a touchdown the other way. And that dude had a MVP performance on the Super Bowl stage. Right. And then you've got Patrick Mahomes and I can tell you this, Lawrence, like, so first of all, I, I have to tell Dan that, that I, I ignored his advice. You know, two weeks ago, you asked me, Hey, who, who are you picking for this game? I said, the Eagles they are the more complete team. And Dan said, rubber stamp it. You know, usually your first instinct is right. Just lock that in, load it. Well, last week I changed because I couldn't get past the magic of Patrick Mahomes. And in these last 23 days, I've gone from full appreciation 
for who Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback to, to full stand mode on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the dude is next level legendary. And last night was, was just another example of it. I mean, if you're going to go stand, that'd be the guy in the NFL right now that I mean, you are going to go stand for. I, I'm amazed. And Dan and I were talking about it earlier. His, his knack for understanding situation mm-hmm. and, and the moments to, to push a little bit, like even with that ankle, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I can take a risk here with the ankle because of the situation of the game. I really appreciate that about him, that the the, the Superman, like the heroic stuff that he does sometimes is from him understanding game situation. Look, like I've described it as this like perfect blend, and it's a special blend, right, of competitive fire and competitive calm. And when you can get that perfect balance of that, it, it turns into the results that you saw throughout the playoffs. It's awesome to watch. And again, like 23 days ago, the dude suffered a high ankle sprain in the first half of the division game against the Jaguars. And then he just kept gutting through and kept making plays and kept making sure that his team would advance and that he would be ready when they advanced and then be ready when they're behind to help them advance again. And yesterday was this, you know, this, this combination of, improv magic and an on-script surgery, right? And that's that's where, like, when you, when you boil down all these things that we're talking about, you're just like, man, and I, I described it on Friday when, when David and I were talking that it's just the, the feeling that you had as a Bulls fan in the 90s that no matter how big the anxiety got, no matter how much you were worried, no matter how big the pressure was, you're just like, MJ's got this. Well, guess what you can feel like when you're in Kansas City now, uh, not only now, but probably for the next 10 to 12 years. I like that turn of phrase, the balance of competitive fire with competitive calm. Mm-hmm. See, to me, that perfectly describes what's still missing in Josh Allen. Sure, right. Like, tries too hard at times to make too many things happen, right? It has it certainly has a competitive fire, but there are times where it's just like, rein it in a little bit, rein it in a little bit. Also because as, as a quarterback, as a leader, you want your teammates to look to you as for the most you can be is in control. One of those mm-hmm. important things you can be. And sometimes it's cracking a joke yep. in the huddle. Sometimes it's going over and telling somebody that something they're doing is not okay. Other times it's saying, hey, don't worry about it. I'm coming right back at you after that drop. Like there is, there is a maturity and an aspect to this. And the good news is that as we project all of these things on Justin Fields, I'm, I am still optimistic that all of that is in him. All of all of the the leadership touch, right, and feel that you're yep. talking about. Yep, no question about it. And and look, like I'm a nerd for the maturation process, and particularly at that position mm. because it's fascinating to watch. And one of the things that I've really um, admired in Patrick over this last you know stretch here is his acknowledgement that that Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers affected him, and it affected him in ways that helped his maturation go forward. He said, you know, he credits Alex Smith and Derek Johnson when he was a young player of getting him to understand that like every little detail matters and every little detail matters in the biggest moments of the sport that change history. And what Patrick sort of learned from the loss to the, the Buccaneers was I've got to not only pay attention to all those details myself, but I have to make sure the other 10 guys around me are perfectly on point with their details. And I've got to make sure that I reach out and grow those tentacles to make sure that I do reach out and make those things happen. You're just seeing a blend of, uh, you know, just playmaking magic with, with leadership, you know, A++. That is the reason he's got two MVP awards, two Super Bowl trophies, and now two, two Super Bowl MVP awards after five seasons as a starter. 
Considering what we were looking at on the field last night, do you think the NFL will take a, a longer look at how they prepare a field <laughs> for the Super Bowl? Because that that's as bad as, as Soldier Field in November. I mean, it was like playing on a slip and slide, you know, and I think it was Jordan Mailata who compared it to a water park. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of embarrassing for the biggest stage to have that many slip and falls and, and you know, can't even get a clean kickoff off. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco scores and almost <laughs> falls on his behind in the end zone because he slips on the paint behind it. I don't know what was going on there. There was a lot of stuff leading up to the game. Uh, you know, I think uh, I saw something where Patrick Peterson, who played in Arizona for a long time, said, hey, keep an eye on this as, uh, you know, something that may be a small factor in this game. For a game that was as awesome as that game was, and great theater, great show, all those things that we've talked about, it's really unfortunate that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the playing surface. You know what? Which, they asked for it, though, because how no many doubt. articles? I would just say the Defector.com did a great job. They compiled all of, of these self-congratulatory articles. They couldn't wait to tell you. We've been growing this for two years. 94-year-old George Toba. This man's forgotten more about agronomy than you'll ever know in the rest of your life. And this is the next thing, next level. It was awful. They it's, hyped it. It's Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's 77 and sunny on Super Bowl Sunday in a beautiful place to play football. And you've got guys sliding all over the place. And guess what? It, it probably uh, factored in. There's a lot of factors. Totally. That were, were Andy Reid knew it. Andy Reid understood that Hassan Reddick couldn't stay upright. Right. Their pass rush was, was, was limited by that. There are a lot of other things that Andy Reid knew in that game, too. And, and, and it was really cool to watch them play that chess match a little bit. And, and for Andy to show his kind of wizardry as an offensive coach with the help of Chad Henney, with the help of Eric Bieniemy, of guys that, that helped him get some little things within the game plan. Um, you know, I read a ton this morning, great coverage across the board from, from writers that, that cover the Eagles and chiefs. And one day I would hope that I can write about a team that plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, the, the idea that number one, that, that the, the chip help that the, the, the chiefs used all day and just did it enough to slow down that pass rush to buy enough for Patrick to slither up through the pocket, to be able to fight off a guy, throw a pass, and, and have it complete. And then just those, you know, noticing that, that, that little thing in the jet motion, uh, you know, the jet sweep motion that, that made the Eagles vulnerable when they were in man coverage, it results in the touchdown to Kadarius Toney where he stops his jet sweep motion, goes back the other side. And then to me, the touchdown to Sky Moore was even more impressive because I, I don't know where you guys watched or how much you could hear the broadcast, but Mahomes comes out of the huddle and is just immediately alerting everybody on his side of the ball. This is cover zero. We got cover zero here. And that is, again, next level command where he's got, he's got the answer to the test before the play starts. He knows where the ball's going. And it doesn't really matter what happens because he's ID'd. Cover zero's coming. I got this play over here to my left with Sky Moore. Let's just go score on it and, and build our lead. Watching him orchestrate all of that, watching Travis Kelsey uh, continuing to be a, a matchup nightmare for everyone, like it's – when you've got two guys like that, it does make things easier, but it's not like offensively they had a roster that you were afraid of outside right. of those two guys. So what do you think is the difference on how they're able to make all of this stuff work and take a cast off like Kadarius Tony and, yeah. and find a role for him where he's a significant figure in the Super Bowl? It's a great point, Lawrence, because we're dreaming of of Justin Fields one day having this receiving core that is, you know, full of elite talents. Well, what if it never gets there? And what if you need to ask your quarterback to play with guys who are castoffs for another team or just kind of okay? A guy you grabbed in free agency, like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, like 
can you mix and match these pieces and can you be the guy that elevates them? And so what makes it work is the union between Patrick and Andy. It's the understanding of, hey, we're going to put you in favorable situations and now you just have to use your playmaking gifts to make these plays. I think like one of the consistent themes I've heard from people around the league about the Bears is like, yes, Justin Fields has the potential for certain to taken a, a, a setup like they have in Philadelphia for Jalen Hurts and go to the Super Bowl with it. But the, the pushback on that is that may take five years to get, right? They don't have the Eagles offensive line, and it's going to take a long time to build it. They don't have the Eagles pass rush, and it's going to take a long time to build it. They don't have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, and, and Dallas Goddard and other guys to throw to. It may take a long time to build it. So now your quarterback has to be that guy that elevates, and that's going to be a big challenge in, in 2023 for Justin Fields to take that on and try to, to, to dig within himself and see how much can I elevate these guys around me? How much can I unify with whoever's calling the plays for me to make sure that we are in rhythm, we know who we are, and we know where the answers are? Ten rookies contributing for the Chiefs. And the aforementioned Isaiah Pacheco yeah. was taken around after Treston Ebner. <laughs> that's, that's amazing to me. And how concerned should I be with uh, – in? in the scouting opinions of, of Ryan Poles and his scouts and his staff when something like that happens. Well, that stuff happens all the time. I know that's, it does. That's, that's but that one hurts. So, I, yeah, I, and, and, and they hurt here more than other places because we never wind up on the other end of it. You know, very rarely that, that you go, oh, yeah, we stole that guy. And, and there were other guys that were more highly valued that, that didn't have the same careers. Pacheco ran the ball like a badass yesterday. I mean, you saw every time he touched it, there was an extra gear. There was extra aggression. There was there was a yep. purpose. Young Marion Barber. That's he who did. he looks like to me. He, lo- he and, looks he looks like young Marion Barber. I mean, I think they I I think the final numbers were like they ran it 19 times in the second half and threw it 14. And and so when you can when, when you can pair a nasty running game with with the best quarterback to play maybe one of the top five to ever play, you know, I'm probably willing to go there in my stand mode right now. Uh, then you've got something really special. And so the, the, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere any, anytime soon. Uh, the Bears are very lucky there in the AFC. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where, where everything unfolds from here. Do you think that any of this stuff that's happened over this season with, with them winning the Super Bowl re-elevates Matt Nagy? Um, I, I mean, he's not in the coordinator's role, right? So he's kind of, I mean, I think he, he has the respect of Patrick Mahomes. He has the endorsement of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it necessarily – I don't think you're talking about like Matt suddenly, be, suddenly being a hot candidate for a, another head coaching job. It's going to be a long way and a long climb for him to get back there. But certainly I think he probably feels pretty good this morning, <laughs> you know, better than he did on February 13th, 2022 when he was uh, in Africa out of a job and, and, and trying to find himself in safari. He's got himself a, a Super Bowl ring and has and had himself a nice little uh, six months here with, with that team. If you're – if we're talking about like some palace intrigue here, if you're Eric Bieniemy and you're Matt Nagy, are you kind of looking at each other going, hmm, <laughs> I wonder which one of us will be in line to be the head coach of this job when Andy Reid decides that he wants to retire? Yeah, and, and Andy came out last night and said, not yet, right? So you've got to, you've got to kick that can down the road a little bit more. But it's it, it's fascinating you know, to, to figure out what direction that might go in just given – uh, how limited the opportunities have been for Eric Bieniemy elsewhere, and 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 it's you know this is all a year by year thing where where you try to figure out who the hot names are. Uh, you would have thought by now that Bieniemy would have had his entry pass into to some sort of gig, 
Um, but there's, you know, intrigue for sure, Lawrence, to figure out how it unfolds in Kansas City and how long Andy wants to do this. Because now I think, you know, he obviously uh, with these two Super Bowls in the last four wins has, has solidified his legacy. And then it becomes how much does this game really mean to you and how much would you just like to go uh, grab a couple uh, sacks of cheeseburgers and sit on a beach <laughs> and smear that grease all over yourself? Well, we don't have to get quite that graphic. <laughs> Why not, Dan? Why not? <laughs> I didn't need that, but, but okay. <laughs> you know, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the you mentioned you mentioned coming around to to changing your pick. I've come around on how I felt about the late penalty, and it's too bad. But I'm not mad at anybody because all, all, all you ask the official to do is, is call what, what they see. And if that's what they saw and the people involved said that's what it was, we don't want officials deciding not to, to throw yeah. flags if they're there. It's just this is the sport. The sport sometimes comes down to this and it's, it's too bad. But mm-hmm. I'm. I just. I, it's not worth getting mad at anybody. I'm glad it's not going to be a multi-day story of the talking to the rules committee or anything like that. So, my thoughts on this are are sort of multi-pronged. And the first part of it is James Bradbury pled guilty after the game and said, "I did it. You know, I held and I, and it's a penalty, and I got called for it." My pushback a little bit would be the consistency with which it is called, because I think you could go through that three plus hour game video and find, you know, a half dozen to 10 examples where there was contact or a clutch or a grab or a hold that was more egregious than that, that was let past. Right. And they didn't, they didn't pull you over for (laughs) rolling the stop sign, you know, and then in that moment they did. And I think as a, a a football watcher, you kind of want the the game deciding play to be a play and not a, a yellow hanky on the field. And I think because they called that penalty, we were deprived of the Eagles having a, a last opportunity to try to match, right? They didn't get the the answer opportunity that, that we all would have loved to see from a theater standpoint. I'm not mad. I'm not going to go fight this tooth and nail to the death. But I do think that there needs to be a level of consistency to it. If you're going to call it in the biggest moment, you better have called it somewhere else along the line in those three plus hours that that has at least put those players on on notice that, hey, we're looking for this and, and you may get called if you do it again. What's interesting to you now when it comes to the Bears being on the clock? And and I'm guessing you saw the the release that they sent out basically saying, hey, we're on the clock. You should come and be a part of our draft day stuff. <laughs> well, so, Lawrence, like because of the expansion of the NFL calendar, it's February 13th. We're on the Monday after the Super Bowl, and now we're only two weeks away from the combine. So this is a very short period now and a very short bridge that we have to cross. And I'm telling you, that week in Indy is going to be fascinating because the chatter is going to be there on multiple levels. It's going to be, okay, where are the Bears' eyes in terms of the prospects that are at the top of this draft board? And there's a, a general consensus kind of from people that I've talked to that this isn't a real top-heavy draft and that it doesn't kill them to trade back once, maybe twice, and, and, and you can go down deeper than you might otherwise want to because it's not a real must-have, must-have, must-have in the top five. Especially option. if you're not looking for a quarterback. Correct, right. And so, that, so then you have also in Indy you're going to have – agents meeting with general managers across the league and having buzz on, on where the bears might want to spend this 90 plus million dollars of, of, of cap room that they have in free agency. And then you've got this idea of who are they talking to about the trade? And so those, those five, six days down there in Indianapolis are going to be fascinating in terms of giving us some hints at the direction of where this team is going to go. Again, it's 14 days away, 15 days from when Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus will talk to us next down there. That's going to be fun. And it's just around the corner and it's just around the corner in an off season that we're all in agreement 
that is going to be as fascinating as any that we've been a part of. Who knows what the results are, but just covering it on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis, there's going to be a lot that develops. And again, it's going to start really uh, for, for all intents and purposes in, in, in two weeks. Dan, thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Great talking to you guys. See ya.